Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Dadventures podcast, sponsored by Connex, encouraging kids of all ages to think outside the blocks. Now, more and more dads want to be involved in their children's development but sometimes it can be hard to find guidance and support. As a hands-on dad myself, I want to help create an aspirational image of fatherhood that we can all strive for through our variety of guests and their journey through parenthood. So let's talk, let's laugh, and let's share the things we find difficult and become the type of dads we really wanna be. Today, I'm joined by a truly inspirational human being. As a double leg amputee, he's not only a world record holder uh, in the full and half marathons, he's also an Olympic gold medalist and one of the world's best sprinters. Uh, He's a father of two and I'm honoured to have him here as a dadvenger. It is, of course, Richard Whitehead, MBE. Hi, Nigel. How's it going? What what an intro. Love it. (laughs) Dude, I'm so happy that you were able to come and join us for the podcast. No, it's a pleasure. And it's always good to talk to like-minded people that share those common goals and and core values and learn from each other's experiences in the past as well. Definitely, definitely. So before we get into it, I've heard that if I come up to Nottingham and I'm walking around i might see a bus <laughs> and it is i've heard that it is the richard, yeah, the richard white bus. bus yeah. what is what is it like having your own bus how did that happen i trained all my life to to win this bad boy where is that is that the trunk <laughs> metal right there it's a chunk of gold that's solid mate solid it's a great coaster mate i tell you it's a great coaster <laughs> And after 2012, it all given all kinds of things. And one of them was, it's not quite nice that obviously the bus route that goes from the city of Nottingham through my local village to another town and then back is a Richard Whited bus. And um, yeah, it's a, nice, it's a nice thing for the fa- family. Can you just jump on that bus anytime you want, like free of charge? It just it, it does go past my, my house. I'm sure I could. I've, I've, I think I've been on it once. I think, <laughs> but it's, it's it's. I think again, it's uh, those kind of how 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 life has changed for for people with disabilities. Like yeah. five or six years ago, you couldn't get on the bus if you you're in a wheelchair, or you couldn't get in mm. in a building if you were in a wheelchair, or uh, where now they're naming public transport vehicles after Paralympic athletes. So. You kind of go to a, a games, you win a medal, and then it changes people's perceptions. Yeah. And maybe that's wrong. Maybe we shouldn't have to have that 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 success. But people people see that, don't they? So people yeah. see success as this 
this kind of person that's that's a winner. And with every one person that wins, you've got a lot of people behind them that also need to be supported and also need to have that that opportunity for success as well. And you you said it earlier. It was hard to get on a bus if you had a disability before, but yeah. now it's getting easier. And with the Richard Whitehead bus, you know, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure it's it's an accessible bus. So yeah. you're breaking boundaries and sort of changing the lives of people for the future. Yeah, and and also kind of hopefully inspiring other people to to do similar things as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You have two children, right? Yes, yeah, so I've got a seven and five-year-old. My seven-year-old is Zara, and I've got a five-year-old, AJ, Andrew John. I'm going to ask you a difficult one. Which was the better moment? Winning gold medal at 2012 or birth of your kids? Well, yeah, yeah birth of yeah, your kids. No, no, not even after. I'll, I'll sum it up then. So obviously I'd spend, well, since I was probably 14, kind of challenging challenging my energy into being the best person I could be. Yeah. And on the 2nd of September in 2012, I was able to deliver that performance that changed my life. And then having 8,000 people sing the national anthem to me. Yeah. And there's only nine athletes, Paralympic and Olympic, that have won gold medals in that in that stadium. Yeah. Incredible, dude. So it's part of that kind of history is something that I'd always like treasure is one of my best moments of my life. Yeah. But then on the other side, bringing a life into into this world and then being there, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a cherishing moment that when you can share that with your partner and yeah, yeah like that, yeah, the first cry of a, of a baby is really precious and um, it's something that yeah, hard to hard to explain. Yeah, it's one of those things that it, it just it just consumes you, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you kind of, however strong you are as a person, you always kind of break down in yeah. in that emotion of, of like love for this this thing that you've helped kind of bring into the world. And and children are little people that push all the buttons, that challenge you emotionally, physically, mentally. Uh, my two definitely do. <laughs> they both love life. AJ loves climbing he's got an appetite like his dad actually more than his dad and Zara loves swimming she had swimming on Wednesday and like Tuesday night she couldn't sleep literally she's like I'm swimming tomorrow swimming tomorrow I'm like yeah and that, that, that energy is something that I feed off as a parent and we're always learning and yeah. that's that's the important thing that you're, you you evolve as a parent as you spend more and more time with your children getting to know who they actually are. Yeah. Experiences, experiences with your children is the, is a really important thing. And that's what 2020 has definitely given me. It's given me more time with my, my children. And it, it doesn't just enhance their life. It also enhances you, you, you as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. It works both ways. Both ways. My little girl, Zara, is autistic as well and has some challenges. Yeah. And what, what we found is that the autism spectrum in the autistic world it's really precious and um, it's something that uh, I didn't know a lot about before I had Sarah. And obviously when I was born, I was born with my disability. Yeah. So when I was born, I was dealt a card in life and it was about utilising the resources around you and the people around you to be the best per- version of yourself. And for Zara and Andrew, you have that bundle of joy when they're first born and whatever cards you're dealt at that point, you kind of get on with it. You mentioned you get dealt a hand and, and you kind of, run with it are you giving her tools that 
you learnt along the way? And maybe some of them you learnt a bit later than you would have liked to have learnt them? I, I think when when we see people with disabilities, I think it's all, uh, we put too many individuals, people, children, adults into boxes. Yeah. And because of that, because of those labels you put on people, you then instantly, you've got this stigma around, oh, I mean, just because she's got autism doesn't mean that she's less able than anybody else. Everybody's got different colours, skin, religion, yeah. race, etc. Um, and I think it's embracing the difference. Yeah. The able-bodied community is still a community that isn't forgiving. And I, I see it at the... I see you know, the play- playground, playground's very much an interesting environment where ch- children will say, oh, look, there's a man with robotic legs, yeah. which I'd rather them do than a child go, there's a man with a robotic legs, and then the parent go, come here. Yeah. I had a really interesting conversation with one of my friends who's black, and I said, imagine if you went to the supermarket and a child went, mum, there's a black guy, and then they did exactly the same to them. Yeah. And he said... Yeah, I, I get it. I actually get where you're coming from there. Yeah. And as a disabled person, that's something I deal with on a daily basis. Yeah. You you mentioned there, and, and I fully understand how how what you're talking about when you say a, a visual difference to someone else can bring out all sorts, yeah. all sorts, whether you're black, whether you have a disability. Has that ever taken you to a place in your mind where you feel down? For me, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's been times where I've been kind of, look, uh, I maybe need to kind of sit down and, and kind of talk these these thoughts through yeah. and not really have the platform to do that. Do you feel there are enough places or do you think that men are talking about these things enough? No, definitely not. The one thing that, that I've I've thought about a lot is is what is important in that in that scenario and that empathy is really important yeah. you need to be able to empathize with the person that you're talking to yeah and i found that quite frustrating in the past where i've had able-bodied people talking to me and say oh yeah it must be really hard for you being a disabled person but you'll be you'll be you'll be all right you'll be all right you're a sportsman yeah, yeah. i'm going well yeah but you're able-bodied how do you how do you know it's going to be all right how do you know because when i step off the track I don't lose my disability. I'm still disabled. I'm not at that point. I'm still a disabled person that has to try and access society. Yeah. And that's why society has to change to be more kind, more forgiving, more empathetic. And we need to have those forums where people of the minority groups are able to chat openly about what they're feeling without being stigmatized into being, oh, it's just them again oh, it's the LGBT community again, it's the BAME community again, or it's the disability community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we need to talk openly and honestly and feel that we're we're in a, that safe environment to do so because, yeah. unfortunately, in this, this day and age, not all the environments are safe in respect that people use their, your insecurities against you. Yeah. And um, and that's why I probably have got a thick skin. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Have you experienced people using it against you? Yeah, I think so. I think so, especially in obviously in my field as well in, in sport, where you maybe until probably recently to be the best, you're having to be strong, a strong man, yeah. man up, and all that kind of malarkey and any kind of weakness. 
is is seen as a, a negative. Yeah, I don't want to be emotionally involved with what other people think. I've never been emotionally involved with what other people think. I've had people like tap me on the head because I've got no legs and and kind of pat me on the head like a bloody dog. So having a child with with an impairment, you have to be strong. And I think through ignorance, we are not able to accept people with disabilities in certain environments and, and definitely on the autism spectrum, that is one of them. Yeah. Visibly, you can't necessarily see that, that Zara's got autism, but it's um, it's really important that from the challenges that she has, that it educates me as a parent, but also my partner and the wider world that the world that, that Zara's in is something that we need to embrace. We need to embrace that world. It's not it's not something to be scared of. Yeah. What advice would you have for someone who suspects that their child might be autistic? We, when Zara was born, she had a couple of issues with it, with the hips, and she was in a hip race. And I remember she came out of that, and then she started to developmentally kind of slow down. Um, yeah. She started to walk, and then a little bit unstable, and then she'd she'd be. Uh, like flapping with her hands and a lot of like hand gestures. Yeah. And I, at that stage, I, I'd not really known a lot about autism and not really known about the signs and symptoms. And we had obviously a pedi- pediatrician and that would visit and we kind of, we look, we want to kind of get this sorted now so we can put as much support as we can going into like primary school yeah, yeah. and we understand that she might just need a little bit of support and guidance. So you, you'd suspected at that point? Yeah. Yeah. We had a, between the both of us, we, we had, we had those kind of conversations that it'd be really good to, to, to find out why developmentally that she's, 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 she's looking like she's slightly different, not in our eyes as a, as a young, yeah, of course. young girl, but um, to the rest of the world. And, the world is a tough place for her. And I remember taking Zara for a haircut and she went crazy because of the scissors. And I was like, I thought, well, she can just kind of get used to the environment and maybe if I take her and she has it. And it wasn't, she just doesn't like it. Yeah. Uh, so for instance, in the same kind of vein, having her nails clipped because of sensory issues, it took me months and months to clip her nails but I'm the only one that can do it now because she she trusts me that I'm able to. And those kind of barriers that we've broken with with Zara as parents have been it's it's been around that persistence. It's been around the understanding that you need to have the patience. And it's hard because the world is so fast moving. Yeah, yeah. And you you can be in environments where it's come on, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, and you just have to go. Well, actually. My family, me, my, my my daughter, my son need to have more time yeah. and you need to allow that. And there's challenges in, in her life. A, a light little, the, the, the challenges for me as well to be to be more accommodating. We're all learning on the job as we do it. Yeah. And, and understanding that it's not it's not what other people think of you as well. Yeah. I, I, it's something that I learn as well, it, and and you can't. Some of you out there might be going, "Oh yeah, but you've got a disability. Sure, you're going to know that like people are going to see your daughter, uh, and maybe maybe flapping her hands and maybe stimming a little bit, and then and say, oh well, he's able to cope with that because he's got a disability and he's overcome them.' And it's not, it's not like that at all. 
me coping with my disability is completely different with my daughter and that that was something that I had to come to terms with and I'm sure my partner did as well knowing that that Zara is going to have some of those those challenges in her life and it's about supporting her through them how are you going to manage the challenges that she faces opposed to AJ not having to deal with as many challenges Uh, Andrew's relationship with Zara is, is is really close with her and understands that 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 she's got those sensory needs. Yeah. So things don't sit with her well, like loud noises and bright lights. And he's very accommodating sometimes too too accommodating for Zara. And we want to make um, his life experience as fulfilling as Zara's as well. So the the kind of accommodating factors that we take into account on a daily basis as well as those those kind of key moments in, in, in life like birthdays and Christmas. Yeah. You have to make some kind of allowances that, that involves both Sarah and Andrew, but maybe at different levels and whether that's toning down a a celebration or having a celebration that doesn't look like it's normal, like a birthday on one day, maybe then you can have a birthday that's you have a, in the morning, one morning, or you have an, a little, uh, something at the evening, but you don't kind of, it's not 24 hours of like celebration. Yeah. And also talking Andrew through, even though he's only five, kind of saying that Zara may need a little bit more time to process um, the information or the environment yeah. so that she has a positive ex- experience. Did you have any other parents around that you could talk to about it, maybe that were going through the same thing? No, not really. No, and looking back at it, maybe maybe it would have been an appropriate moment to, to reach out to maybe some of those areas of community that maybe I've, I've, I've worked with in my, through my sport, but um, felt... I couldn't do that and I didn't probably want to. Yeah. I wanted to probably deal with it in the way that, that I that I have and and I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. I, I think it's different for everybody. Yeah. But if you feel you need to have support and you need to have uh, time to talk to those health professionals or people that are in the same situation, I think it's really important to reach out and have those conversations. Yeah. It doesn't matter if if it's just for reassurance or or it's for a little bit of knowledge there's always people out there that's that, that are willing to to give you that support and it's also so much better than the internet yeah. when you look at the disability community parents wise because i work with charities as well that 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 support people with disabilities the parents are all strong like strong as nails and you have to be because the world is a is a changing place and you've got to have pioneers in the world to change the world. And hopefully Zara becomes one of those and, and changes the world within her area, which is autism. I'm sure she will. She's got a dad like you. <laughs> Thanks for saying that. That's nice. Christmas is just around the corner. Are you set for it? Are you and the guys set? Have you spoken to the big man, Santa, about what you're going to be getting for Zara and AJ? Generally, between us, we, we get the um, the presents early and uh, then they always say, like Andrew or Zara will say, I don't want that anymore, I want something else. So we need to make a bit of a <laughs> bit of a change, change of presents and make sure that, because they're in February and January, their birthdays as well. We can always kind of shift things over to January and February. Split it up a bit. That's it, exactly, yeah. And and also as well, it, we, we like to do things uh, maybe a little bit different. So 
instead of having all the presents together, kind of spread it out through the day. Because again, because the stimulation of having lots of presents for Zara isn't something that she's she's massively keen on. So even down to she'd been really great with Christmas decorations and Christmas tree. And then last year she didn't like it all. Literally, like we had to take the Christmas tree down early and she wasn't too keen on the lights and the presents. And so last year we didn't wrap any of the presents up. But this year she's we've, we've kind of introduced to her a lot earlier. Yeah. Uh, so at the school as well at home. Uh, and then we've started putting Christmas decorations up a little bit earlier, just one or two things. And then we'll get the tree up probably next week. And then, uh, and then the presents. But generally my kids are like, they're very content. And um, AJ's computer geek. So he likes his, he likes his tablet, likes his iPad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was into like Sylvanian families and, and kind of not, she's not really girly girly, but she likes, she, I tell you what she does love. She loves In the Night Garden and Moon and Me. She's on brand. She's on brand. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the sensory side of w- what she likes, it's really nice because she's she's that exploring when she, while she's playing as well. And uh, we can both join in with that yeah. and make her experience what she wants as well and have no expectations about what that looks like. I think sometimes as parents you kind of go, oh, well, they're, they're seven now, so they need to have a bike, yeah, yeah. or they're eight and they need to have this. And with, with definitely with Zara, expectations are what she likes, she likes. And if that's if that's um, toys or or games that are maybe either below or above her age at the moment, that's fine. She, we, 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 can, um, we want her to just be happy and, and, and she's 100% happy all the time. And... That it's a joy to see. Connecting with your kids is at the heart of what Dadvengers is about, which is why we're so happy to have Connects as our sponsor. Connects and Kid Connects have projects for all the family and they're the perfect activity for kids and adults to connect naturally through play, imagination and creativity. So what about yourself? We found out what your kids loved. What did you love as a kid? The Transformers Ooh. was big when I was younger. So I love Transformers. I had loads of those. All dads like Scare Electric, surely, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I, I had a Scare Electric set that had like little rollers on it and, and the cars would sit in the rollers and then you'd rev them. Yeah, yeah. Blue and red controller, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, awesome. Yeah. Um, when I was growing up, we, me and my sister, because I've got a sister as well, we always just have one big present. Yeah. And then we used to have like other, other things that my parents used to think were useful, which, yeah, they, they were like, we didn't play with those until like maybe <laughs> February. But this one big present we always, and we always hinted it at what we wanted. So I remember one year, remote control car, and it was Ace. And it was one of the ones where you had to put about 18 batteries in, in it. <laughs> it was one of those ones. And it cost them all, we had so much in batteries. And then I think eventually you could then buy one of these rechargeable battery units. Yeah, yeah. Which was like a house. And then you put like about 40 batteries in and it lasted like about 15 minutes charge. <laughs> the thing is, right, sounds like your parents were, were thoughtful enough to have enough batteries for it on Christmas Day. Because there were a couple of kids that like the parents didn't buy the 18 batteries to put in it. And so they didn't get to play with it until shops opened again when you could buy some batteries. But that's the thing, isn't it? When you're buying anything for your little ones or yourself, just make sure the fine. It's always in the finer detail, isn't it? If you need, <laughs> if you need a, a couple of sets of extra batteries just for 
the happiness of Christmas, buy more batteries. Yes, definitely. I mean, that is, that's a note for parents everywhere. Just buy a few extra batteries now. Just, just buy some extra <laughs> even batteries. If, even if you've got no, nothing with batteries in, just buy them just in case. Buy right? a few batteries just in case. <laughs> In 2013, you did uh, 40 marathons in 40 days. Is that right? Yeah. So I, um, when I was growing up, I didn't have anybody role model wise to look up to. And that's a big thing that I, I talk about now is like seeing is believing. So if you, if you want to role model in life, then you need to be seeing those, those role models, whether it's on television or whether it's in the media and, for me, I didn't until Terry Fox came along when I was like 14, 15, and I saw the Terry Fox movie. He was a Canadian athlete that tried to run from east to west of Canada. Yeah. And he he lost his leg due to sarcoma and started running a marathon a day until hopefully he, he completed his challenge, raising money for sarcoma awareness in Canada. And he unfortunately didn't complete his challenge because he got secondary sarcoma and died. Yeah. So I saw this film and it said to me, look, look, sport's not all about that. Those self gratifying moments where you're on top of the podium and you're, you're winning. It's, it's more about the impact that you can have and the legacy you leave through sport. So sports really a secondary driver. Yeah. So, that kind of said, when the time's come, I'm going to run a marathon. And I did that in 2004 for Macmillan um, Cancer Relief, actually. Okay. And then my friend who I used to play cricket with, Simon Mellows, he lost his leg due to sarcoma. And unfortunately, in 2005, he, he actually died of sarcoma. And um, yeah. his widower then asked me if I'd get involved with the charity that supported her and him in their time of need, which was Sarcoma UK. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of different Sarcomas and Sarcoma UK is a charity that supports specifically, obviously bone cancer. And yeah. then I became patron and then ran 40 marathons in 40 days for, for the charity raised a lot of money, but more than that, it was the awareness, the awareness for the, the charity really brought home how important it is that when you're doing anything, for charity or, or for for the greater good it's for the end user it's for the, the people that's that it's important to and yeah. some of the patients that i've that i've spoke to over the years and i've, I've been working with with sarcoma uk for about eight years now and yeah you just hear like the desperation from not just the patients but the families and and also the kind of the uplifting stories where Patients have, have had two or three series of treatment and they're still really upbeat, even though the quality of life has, has, has gone downhill. And yeah. my own situation is irrelevant at that point. I've, I've only just got no legs, you know what I mean? It's like my disability doesn't affect how my heart beats. And I remember having those moments when I couldn't continue on those 40 marathons and Simon was in that box that was on my shoulder, that box that I opened the memories and kind of saying, come on, Rich, you can still do it. And yeah. it's something that I, 2013, last like seven years ago, it seems like it was like last week, but it, it, um, it just shows that anything's possible, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you believe if you, if you believe you can do anything and, and if the cause is big enough and uh, means a lot to you, just kind of go for it. And that was, yeah, that was a big kind of defining moment in my life to say, look, whatever happens to you now it's 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 gonna be easy compared with that oh definitely and for me 
the char- the charities thing is it, it's I'm I'm doing that because I want to do it and uh, I, I've always felt that especially now obviously got with my my daughter and my son it's about showing them that that time where you're giving your your time because it is really precious yeah but also that you you do it with energy because I think life is really precious and a lot of people talk about that but you need to you need to understand that that we need to not just think about ourselves but obviously think about those other people that um that are less fortunate than, than ourselves yeah I, I totally agree with you and ever since working on the dad Avengers sort of project just the satisfaction that you get from helping people because that's what the whole thing that this is about is about helping dads be better providing support for dads you know education the whole side of it and giving back to people in that way there's there's nothing kind of more rewarding than that yeah and then the opportunity to be a voice and it's not every we're not saying we're experts i think it's just the experiences we have guide us into into having this opportunity to reach out to other people that that maybe just need that five minute chat or that little bit of confidence that everything's going to be all right yeah because as we know that those problems can get uh bigger and bigger and bigger and then yeah i've got big shoulders but i can't handle all the problems on my own yeah and that's what's really important. We don't need to. We don't need to uh, shoulder all that responsibility. And and the opportunity to to chat to like minded people is 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 really important. And and I I always say to uh, some of the athletes that I do mentoring with, just like, it's really important to to talk. And effective communication is really important because that's how we know if we're feeling happy or sad or or we need to have that conversation about um, the future, maybe. You said it just a little moment ago about um, anything is possible and that's kind of the way you live. It's a, a life without limits, as it were. Is that what you instill in your children as they grow up? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I, try not, I, mean, I try not to all the time because literally I'd be like, they'll be all over the place and uh, there's definitely <laughs> boundaries. <laughs> I don't want to stay up to 10 o'clock now. You're in bed at eight. <laughs> So, but, um, Dad, but Dad, there's no limits, Dad. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. I bet you didn't, did you? When you were young. no, but you're going to bed at eight o'clock. Um, I, I think it's about being powerful as an individual and have children with that, that understanding what what their life can be and having no limitations with what they believe is possible. And whether you've got a, a child with a disability or not, I think that's really important that you encourage them to be who they want to be. And um, yeah. I, I, th- I think when I was growing up, maybe my parents kind of pushed me down the sports field because they they felt that breached a, a lot of those those stigmas around what can and can't be done as a, as a disabled person. And yeah, and that yeah. didn't always work with me. I, I, I swam until I was 21 and I hated swimming. I was like, I went, to, I, did, I swam all over the world, but I still hated it. I was like, and it was just kind of my dad used to take me swimming at like five o'clock in the morning. And then I used to go to school and then swam after. And I was like, dad, I don't want to do this anymore. But again, it taught me a lot of, taught me a lot of good lessons. And those are the ones that obviously I take into being a parent is that it's about self-guidance and self-discovery and kind of let the children kind of guide you in certain ways, but also showing, showing them, 
these like really inspiring individuals and if you want to be an astronaut or you want to be a sportsman or you want to be a policeman or you be the best person you can be yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the kind of message that I, I say to my kids I want you to be better today than you were yesterday and uh, treat people as you want to be treated as well yeah of course and understand that everybody's going to have a different opinion but just listen but just be a listening ear yeah you have to people have opinions and I think it's it's, it's stronger to be a person that listens and you don't have to you don't have to have the same opinion or or think their opinion is right but I think it's really powerful to be able to listen and then give them the opportunity to and the platform to obviously talk about that yeah I, th- I think some of the best things come out of when people disagree mm. when people just dis- if, if you've got the time to listen to people who think differently to you you some of the best things can be born out of that and I think you need to surround yourself with people like that as well like, how boring is life if everybody if you're your mates and your family all, all, all did the same all think and believe the same as you you'd be like this is boring it's like you need to have people that challenge you as well yeah definitely did your view on things and your empathy for people change after you became a dad. Yeah, my um, my children have got a roof over the head. I'm able to feed my children and I'm able to offer my children all the love and care that, that I possibly can and hopefully I'm able to give them as much as they want and more. Yeah, but yeah. there's children out there that aren't in the same scenario that I'm in. And yeah. if I can have a small impact on other people's lives through the lessons I've learned and hopefully embrace and maybe liberate some of these young people into saying, look, look, there's, there's hope there, there's hope. And whatever challenge that you've got in life, there's people out there that are wanting to help you. And yeah. I think it, that, well, that's the reason why things have changed for me. And I'm not money motivated and I've never been money motivated, but having kids it's it's about those experiences and I talk a lot about that having those great experiences with the kids yeah. and it's not about having £10,000 holidays in the Dominican Republic we all like to go away with our kids but it's it's more about those those real kind of simple things in life that you can share with your children and make them smile and laugh and, and embrace embrace what it's like to be a kid and have fun with them yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I see a lot of I see a lot of adults that are they're passing their their parenthood by because they're not listening to what the children want, yeah. And they're just chasing the pound signs that that aren't relevant. Yeah, you make a really good point. I mean, it is about family. It is about the little things. The things that you're going to remember later on are are the little moments that you shared mm. uh, when you went to you know went to the supermarket together and fell about laughing in in one of the aisles because something happened you know those little moments mm, my little boy reaches in and grabs a cucumber and starts eating it exactly <laughs> exactly it's yeah. those moments those those family moments yeah. are the ones that that we take with us i think you know onwards and upwards we're on a podcast here you have a podcast as well, is that right? Track and Ball. Yeah, Track and Ball. Ellen White, England footballer, uh, leading goal scorer. She plays Man City at the moment. Great individual that has a passion for, like myself, equality and diversity. She wants to not just hear about sporting success, but about what, what it takes to be a successful sports person and how the guests 
can interact with the public by passing on those little uh, trinkets of knowledge and, and, and how that can filter down into, into their lives. So who have you had on so far? Becky Adlington. Oh, wow. We've had... Oh, who can I say? Oh, it's all, it's all on the download. Yeah, yeah, Becky, Greg Rutherford. We've got Tatiana McFadden, who's a Paralympic uh, gold medalist, 17 medals she's won. Wow. Ronnie O'Sullivan. And then some, some other um, cool people that you might have heard of, somebody called Tom Daly. I don't know if you've heard of him. Of course I have, mate. <laughs> wow, you've got some amazing guests lined up. Very good stuff, dude. <laughs> you've achieved so much world records in marathons and sprinting, uh, and you were even awarded an MBE in 2013. You must be so proud of what you've achieved. Yeah, no, I, I cherish life and that because of that, because of those kind of, I met so many like empowering people that um, have definitely sculptured what I think. Yeah. I, I talk about seeing this believing yeah. in a lot, in the respect that if you've got that opportunity, you need to be receptive to the people that are actually watching you. When I go to the Paralympic Games, I put on that tracksuit. You do feel like a superhero, which is obviously, which is quite cool with obviously you're, talking you're to you today. Mate. You're a mate all the yeah, way. That's it. But um, <laughs> it's not just Richard Whitehead that's in that tracksuit. Yeah, yeah. It's more the responsibility that goes with that as well. Yeah. And then as, I, as I'm getting older now, you kind of go, actually, I'm not going to be able to push the boundaries of time, but then how do you then push it in other areas? So I've ran in, in Lebanon, I've ran in, in Africa, South Africa. Uh, Middle East, etc., and, and engage with different communities. Oh, so wow, I remember when I ran in 2004 in New York, I finished and I was like, I hate this, I'm not doing it again. And then I got loads of like emails from just random people saying, I just saw you running through like Harlem, you're awesome. And from that, from the, the power of sport, it makes a most massive difference. Yeah. Whether you're running like five hours like I wasn't initially or 242 when I was at my best. You're always completing the journey that everybody else does. So that's the uh, that's a powerful thing of the marathon. So you went from five hours down to two hours forty. Two forty two, yeah. Wow, dude. So I held the record for ten years, and then last year a guy Baloney amputee. He's now around, I think, two thirty eight. I think so. Took four minutes under under what I've done. Wow. So only one person in ten years. Wow. But nobody of my disabilities ran anywhere near my marathon time. So, and, and obviously through the visual impact of obviously seeing somebody on prosthetics run, they kind of go, actually, this is a reset moment. You're doing good things, so, man. You're doing good things. Every, everybody in life has got a, a gift. And it's about you finding that gift and having people around you nurture it. Listen, Richard, you are definitely... A 100% dad venger now. You've been on the podcast. <laughs> You've told us all about your journey as a parent. So you get the accolade of being able to choose your very own dad superhero power. Do I? Okay. So what would you choose? You can choose anything you want. I think I, invisibility, because I, I, I just, sometimes you like to like share those moments with your kids and kind of be there when they're, when in the classroom and they're, they're taking that, those first steps maybe in their education or... So to be like a fly on the wall for... Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Or I'm going to be greedy now. Or have that like superpower power to be able to turn back time and then revisit certain memories with, with your kids. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's not something that everybody asks me every day. <laughs> what superpowers? <No. laughs> What's, what have other people chosen? Chloe 
who is um, partner with JB Gill, chose going back to see their kids. Wow. And experience those moments, to experience the memories. Like-minded, right? Yes, like-minded. Yeah. Richard, thank you so much for coming and joining us on the Dadvengers podcast. Right on. It's been lovely hearing about your family and your sort of life outlook. Keep doing what you're doing, mate, and we'll see you very, very soon. You will do indeed. Look, I'm getting on a Richard Whitehead bus one day. I don't know. About yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> bring you, I bring you a miniature one for the baby club, yeah? Yeah, man, definitely. I'll put it in. What? In your bag. Oh, can, oh it's Richard Whitehead bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, take, take it easy and stay safe, yeah? Thank you, and you. Nice to meet you, Nigel. Cheers, mate. Take it easy, man. What a privilege it was to speak to Richard and hear about his many achievements, his ongoing charity work and his devotion to make the world a more accepting place for the disabled community and other minority groups. His kids definitely have an inspirational role model to look up to and one who's taking full advantage of his success to help others. And we should all definitely take his advice and make sure we load up on batteries this Christmas. Now, if you want to know more about our Dadvengers community or if you have anything you'd like to share with us, you can do so at dadvengers.com or contact us through our Facebook or Instagram. Thanks for listening and we will see you again very soon. Listening, this has been the Dadvengers podcast sponsored by Connects, encouraging kids of all ages to think outside the blocks. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.